Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Work, sleep, repeat. Oh, do you ever long for an extended period of time off? Maybe you'd travel the world, try out a new career, or just put your feet up for some proper R&R. There's a, a quote, you know, beware the boredom of a busy life. And sometimes I'm a bit aware of that. And actually not doing a lot might lead to something quite fruitful. Meet Ali. She's got a pretty exciting plan on the horizon. She's going to ask her boss if she can take a sabbatical from work. So I think for me, the whole of my career, I've had something on the back burner. What's next for me? Should I be considering working here, working there? I think what I will most value is just taking that pause and, and reflection to think. But as great as some time off work sounds, not earning any money for a few months means there's a lot to think through beforehand. I suppose it's quite an exciting money issue, Claire, because what I would like your help with is how to financially plan for a sabbatical and also what the financial implications potentially are of taking a career sabbatical. Welcome to Money Clinic, the weekly podcast from the Financial Times about personal finance and investing. I'm Claire Barrett, the FT's Consumer Editor. This week, we'll be exploring what taking a sabbatical means for your finances and for your career. Expert advice is on hand from Isabel Berwick, the FT's resident careers guru and presenter of our Working It podcast. Plus, financial planner Joe Little of Emery Little will be on hand to talk through what taking an earnings break could mean for your pension, investments and mortgage. But first, let's hear more from 34-year-old Ali, who has been in full-time work and education for the past 16 years, ever since she left school. Right now, she's balancing a lot, combining her full-time job at a charity with studying for an MBA, as well as a voluntary non-executive director role at a sporting charity. I've sort of kept my foot on the accelerator for most of my career and studies. And I think as I kind of enter a, a next stage of my career, my MBA will be completed. My non-exec direct term will be finished. I think it could be a good opportunity to explore new things and also take some reflection about where I'm going next. Ali doesn't have anything fixed for her time off, but there is one event that she would like to plan around. My thoughts are to take a sabbatical in around two years' time to align with the Olympics in Paris. Her voluntary role in sport means she's got a real vested interest in how the games play out. It's a chance to really feel like you've been part of something and to see how the UK performs on that global stage. And then in terms of how you picture your sabbatical, are we talking about a month off, six months, a year? I suppose there's an element of 
how long does it really take to wind down to enjoy the sabbatical and have that reflective time rather than it feel like an extended holiday? Um, I would like to think it would be three to to six months. And the kind of reflection that you want to have about your career is because you're presumably in a position where you could go in two or three different directions. Tell, Tell me a little bit more about that. Yes, sure. So I do feel like I've got a multitude of options. I'll be in my mid-30s by the time the sabbatical comes around. So I do feel it will be um, going to the next stage in my career and that could go in many directions. Ali's employer has a sabbatical policy, so she'd be able to take some time off without the worry of being unemployed when it comes to an end. Plus, as she said, a bit of time off work might spur her career down a new avenue. Nonetheless, Ali has some concerns. Could it be detrimental to my career? Could things lose momentum if I'm out of the workplace for, you know, six months, maybe a little bit longer? Um, It's obviously been discussed, the implications of women having children, people being out of the workplace. Does the sabbatical have the same sort of implication, potentially, or the same risk? Well, I'm sure Isabel Berwick will have some insights into this. Ali, What questions do you have for her? I'd like to ask the experts um, what the career implications are of taking a sabbatical, um, both positive and potentially disadvantageous. Is there anyone who has taken a sabbatical and had a eureka moment and it's enabled them to take a total uh, change in direction? And I'd also like to know, is there that advantage in rest and reflection? That seems to be the main theme that I'm going for. We'll come back to Ali in just a moment and get some expert guidance on the financial implications of a sabbatical. But first, I'd like to introduce my adored colleague here at the FT, an expert in all things career. Isabel, welcome to the studio. Would you like to introduce yourself to the Money Clinic listeners? Yes, thank you. I'm Isabel Berwick. I'm the host of the FT's Working It podcast, and I'm the Work and Careers editor here. We've just heard from Ali about her sabbatical plans. I mean, career-wise, What are the advantages of of taking a sabbatical? Where could this take her in her onward work journey? I think for a lot of people, sabbaticals often come when they've finished something and it just gives you a chance to step back and think, what do I want to do next? So essentially, I, I would divide sabbaticals into two types. The types that we get here at the FT, which is often a month of paid leave after, say, four years. That is a kind of employee retention and flexibility benefit. But for people like Ali, the sabbatical is more of a a life goal, a development benefit for yourself. I've noticed that a lot more employers in this hot recruitment market are offering their new and existing staff the chance to take a sabbatical as a bit of a retention tool, but both sides could potentially benefit from this. Yeah, I think... The research there is on sabbaticals suggests that people go back refreshed, more creative, ready to go. There are lots of examples, for example, in Silicon Valley. uh, Mark Benioff, who founded Salesforce, took a three-month sabbatical in the mid-90s when he was at Oracle because he was burnt out. And not long after that, he came up with the idea for Salesforce. So this is an idea that is becoming embedded. But I think you're right. The idea of a sabbatical is as a benefit for both the employer and the employee, I think has come out of the pandemic in a sort of renewed way. Now, in terms of Ali's future career direction, could simply having a break cause something to 
magically rise to the surface, this eureka moment that she speaks about? Or would she be wiser to maybe plan some constructive things to do with her time? Three months is it's quite a long spell. Three months is quite a long spell. And I think some people do plan things. And it might be a holiday or it might be a, a focus each day, you know, sort of an hour's focus about what it is you're going to be doing next or just letting your thoughts wander. You know, I think it's often the way that the most creative times we have are when we are doing the least. But that's a very difficult thing to pull off in everyday life. And it's very difficult to have faith that that's going to happen to you. But again and again, we see in studies that that is the case. So I, I would agree with Ali that perhaps not over planning is the way to go. Let's look at some of the downsides that there could be, other than the financial one of not being paid for several months. What detrimental career impacts could there be? I think it depends on your employer. If you're working for an employer who doesn't value sabbaticals particularly and you go in and say, I'm planning to take a month or two months off work unpaid, for example, they may perceive that you're not committed to your job. And I suppose that's something the individual has to negotiate. And actually, if your employer has that attitude, is that somewhere you want to work long term? Maybe that's something you can work out on your sabbatical. Yeah, <laughs> add it to the list. And how could Ali and other listeners think about approaching their employers to talk about taking a sabbatical? I think approach them well in advance. And also, if possible, think about how the employer could solve the problem of you not being there. Now, a lot of employers now are quite used to people going on extended leave. Extended maternity and paternity leave is very common now in big UK companies. So you could use that model to talk about your sabbatical. I think if you could approach it in a creative way and work with them, that's all you can do. If the employer is open, they'll be open. And if the employer doesn't believe in the value of sabbaticals, you know, you've got a more general problem. Mm. And any other practical tips for people listening and thinking, I'd never thought about taking a sabbatical before, but now I'm quite in tune with the idea. I'm quite into lists. So the pros and cons. Let's use a bit of therapy speak here. Catastrophize. What's the worst that could happen if you took a sabbatical? Are you going to lose your job? Are you leaving your job anyway? If you are leaving your job anyway, why don't you think intentionally about that period after you leave your job? And I'm sure you're going to get onto the financial implications of this. But if you have the money and you can plan and you can think about what outcomes you might want or not, actually, just take a step back from your life. I think all of those things are going to really help you. The funny thing is, having you in the studio talking about sabbaticals, is that you're about to take one of your own. Could you share us a, a few details about that and how you've been planning for it? Yeah, I really haven't been planning, Claire. So <laughs> I'm taking my own advice. So the FT gives us a month off every four years. I am potentially planning the outline of a book. So it is essentially some book leave, but I will simply be lying down on a sun lounger with a book for quite a lot of it. Thanks, Isabel. And she says through gritted teeth, enjoy your sun lounger for a month. Now, let's hear more from Ali. Career is one of the things on her mind when planning this sabbatical, but the other is money. So I would say I do have, like many people, overheads that I would need to consider, not only while I'm saving for the sabbatical, but also during the sabbatical while... I don't have an income. So in terms of the outgoings that you'll continue to have while you're on sabbatical, you'll need to pay for the mortgage, 
presumably the bills are becoming a bit more of a worry every month like they are for everybody else. What else? Uh, I have a horse to pay for. Right, a horse. <laughs> <laughs> How expensive a horse is? Not, I've only ever had a budgie, I should say, at this point. They're a lot more expensive than than budgies. I would say it varies, but in terms of the the emotional and financial cost, there's not much of a ceiling, to be honest with you, Claire. So you would you would probably be looking at the equivalent of a mortgage. Despite the extra stable fees, Ali manages to save a decent amount of money each month. I maximise my contributions to my company pension. Um, in terms of investments and savings, I like to kind of balance that out a little bit. So I could be investing normally several hundred pounds a month and then saving several hundred pounds a month as well. She has already saved enough to cover three months worth of her usual expenses. And over the years, she and her partner have managed to get their mortgage down to a pretty manageable amount. I'm comfortable cutting the cloth of the sabbatical to the financial resources available. I suppose the the challenge with the horse ownership is it's it is a bit of an anchor so that does just reduce flexibility a little bit that I wouldn't want to be overseas for months and months and months at a time. Spending six months abroad might not be on Ali's horizon nevertheless any time out of work is going to require some careful financial planning. If I'm working on the basis I've got two years until I'd like to take it how soon should I start saving how aggressively should I start saving So I suppose my concern would be that saving for the sabbatical and prioritising that, what other financial opportunities does that inhibit? So does that result in a reduction of investments or mortgage payments or other options to do with my money? Luckily, I've got financial planner Jo Little on hand to answer Ali's questions. I'm Jo Little. I'm a chartered financial planner and I run a financial planning firm called Emery Little based in London and the South East. So we heard Ali say she's a born planner, but she doesn't quite know how to approach planning financially for this sabbatical. Where should she start? Hmm. So I think it will depend on what she plans to do during her time off. So I think start with the end in mind and it will be different for each person depending on what they want to do during their sabbatical. Will it include travel? What kind of travel? Is it backpacking or is it, you know, a five-star wellness retreat? Um, Are there mortgages that they have to keep paying or, you know, is there a bit more flexibility around rent? Do they have a partner? So I think... Certainly starting with the end in mind and saying, well, what do I have to commit to financially? And then what's discretionary? What are the things I would really love to be able to do? And then working backwards to say, well, can I save enough each month now to make sure that the pot is big enough to allow me to do the things I want on sabbatical? So great answer, Joe. How could Ali or other listeners approach working out those sums? I suppose a spreadsheet might be one way. Yes. So budgeting is kind of the foundation of all financial planning anyway. And I think going through an exercise of saying line by line, this is what we have to pay every month. And these are the things that we currently spend on, but there is flexibility to either cut or change in the future. So it's essentially two columns, 
financial commitments that there's very little flexibility on and what you're currently spending on, you know, going out, living life, um, enjoying yourself, I guess. And then that's the pot that could change if, if you're no longer working or earning a stable income. Now, when it comes to outgoings like a mortgage, is there a way of maximising or minimising those to free up some extra income for a short period of time? So there is the option for some to speak to your lender and get a payment holiday, for example. Now, some lenders might allow between three to six months, so that could fit in quite nicely with a sabbatical. I would say the cons of that are that the mortgage balance and the payments after the payment holiday will be higher. So it's something to be really wary of. Lenders tend to give you a bit more flexibility if you have a history of overpaying. And the other potential downside is that it will affect your credit rating. So it depends on what that surplus income will give you during that period of time, if, if kind of that's worth it. Mm, well, very clear answer there. Now, the career upside to taking the sabbatical, that is what Ali is really focused on. She wants some time out to work out what could be the best next move for her. But what could the financial downsides be of taking a three or even six month sabbatical? So it depends on what Ali is currently saving. So, for example, if she is currently investing into ISAs or pensions, then it might be for that period of three to six months during the sabbatical. A sabbatical, that that's a compromise that she will have to make. And I mean, her company pension is, is the obvious thing. If you were somebody who was going on parental leave, then your employer has to keep topping up the pension while you're away, but no such rules when you're on a sabbatical. Yes, exactly. So it's thinking, you know, is it going to be worth it? And not everything in life can be measured. And so there will potentially be huge upsides of taking that time out, particularly if it leads Ali to a job that she really loves or prefers doing at least. And when moving careers or moving jobs, you will typically have a greater opportunity to make bigger jumps in your salary than necessarily if you're staying in the same job. Mm, interesting. Well, any other practical tips that you'd pass on to listeners about all of this? So I think the other thing to think about if taking a career break or a sabbatical is your national insurance contributions. So depending on how long you're going to be away from work, if you don't earn enough in that year, it might be for that year you don't have the relevant uh, contributions to contribute towards your state pension. So at the moment, you need 35 qualifying years to benefit from a full state pension. Um, and it might be that you miss one of those years if, if you don't earn enough. So Ali, lots of advice from the experts there, but what stood out the most from what they had to say? I think for me, Claire, it was Isabel's comment about that focus for each day and being creative when we're doing the least. I found that very reassuring that uh, Isabel seemed confident that by taking this time, um, any individual would get that bit of headspace where creative ideas may emerge. But equally, you've just got that time to, to think differently about things an hour of focus each day, that sounds super manageable, even if you're doing adventures all over the world. Well, yes, resist, resist your natural urge to plan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But the financial plan, obviously, that's some planning that you can do before you press the pause button. What did you think of Joe's comments about pumping your numbers into a spreadsheet? 
I found that very appealing, to be honest. I think that's my inner planner crawling out um, into an Excel spreadsheet. It was so simple, the way she laid it out about commitments and where there's the opportunity to make cuts and savings. That sounds like a manageable exercise. And just reflecting on what she said about the pensions, I think age is on my side. I'm 34. Um, I'll be 36 when the sabbatical hopefully happens. I think I'm in a position where six months without pension contributions will be manageable, um, given that I have been contributing in in full-time work for quite a substantial amount of time already. I really feel that for you, the benefit of this sabbatical is going to be having some unstructured time to work out how your career might change direction. And that could be transformative in all kinds of other ways too. Yes, that came across really, really clearly with um, Isabel and Joe's comments. It was really great to hear it phrased as this is a positive for your career. I think it's very easy to think time out of the workplace or time in rest and not going in fifth gear can have a detrimental effect on your progression or pay or career direction. Actually, this has been a very reassuring conversation that there are multiple benefits from having a sabbatical for your career, for your finances. Mm. And what do you think, Ali, that you'll do differently now as a result of coming on Money Clinic? I think it's given me that sense of confidence that this truly is a step in the right direction um, and that with the timescales that I'm working to, this can be financially manageable. Um, I'm conscious that I'm also speaking on this podcast, so it's given me a sense of urgency to to talk to my boss actually and start to put that on the radar of the organisation. I think it's going to allow me to start doing the, the planning that has to be done rather than Ali's level of planning going forward. Well. I'm not a gambling woman, but I make a small bet. When you do go and talk to your boss about having the sabbatical, I expect they'll say yes because they'll be so relieved that you're not resigning. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hope so. I hope so. That's it for Money Clinic this week and we hope you like what you've heard. If you did, spread the word and leave us a review. And if you would like to chat with me on a future episode of the show, get in touch. You can email me, our address is money at ft.com or DM me on Twitter, Instagram or TikTok. I'm at Claire B. Money Clinic was produced by Persis Love and Philippa Goodrich. Our executive producer is Manuela Saragosa. Our sound engineer is Breen Turner. And the original music is by Metaphor Music. And finally, the Money Clinic podcast is a general discussion around financial topics and does not constitute an investment recommendation or individual financial advice. For that, you'll need to find an independent financial advisor. That's the small print over and done with. See you back here soon. Goodbye. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.